Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Colby Cast, your place for community and conversation about pop culture and storytelling. And on this episode, we're going to add animated stories to storytelling because Caleb Luke and I are going to talk about some of our favorite animated shows. Hello, Caleb. Hello. Hello, Luke. Hi. All right, so let's get right into this because I really want to hear your lists. Uh, and, and this does not have to be your all-time favorite animated shows. This is just a sampling of your favorites, uh, if you will. So I believe we have three each. Who wants to start? I can go first, and I'm going to, be, I'm going to start nostalgic. Mm. And I'm going to go with Teen Titans Go because I remember... Um, after school would end, Luke and I would come home, um, and we would have lunch or do whatever, and we'd have a set amount of time. Are you talking about Teen Titans Go or Teen Titans? Go. The new one. Is it a new one, or is it... The new one is the, like, super kitty one. That's Teen Titans Go. Okay, so then which one is the one where we would show up after school and watch that as we were scarfing down chicken nuggets and stuff? <laughs> Teen Titans. Okay, thank you. Teen Titans, sorry. So, Teen Titans, we would go and... <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> we, we would go and, like I said, we'd come home and we'd have a set amount of time before we had to go to hockey practices or do whatever or mom would come home or whatever it was, but we wanted to make sure we could watch the show. And I remember... Uh, either Luke would go and we'd throw some chicken nuggets in the microwave or we'd beg one of our grandparents to cook it for us while we were setting up the show to go be able to watch it. But I just remember the... the It didn't really have a story. <laughs> it was just a mix of whatever. It was on at the same time every day. This is way before streaming. This is way before we even had like a DVR. So we're like, okay, we had to t- get it to channel... I think it was like 66 or something. <laughs> and we had to make sure... That we were able to watch it, and then we'd like run to the bathroom during commercials and come back and stuff like that. But I liked that show because we could go and just watch it and not have to be like, okay, what happened last episode? It was just uh, Robin and Cyborg and all these different characters who you don't really hear in any sort of superhero talk um, just running around, you know? And because of the nostalgia about it and just because of us enjoying the show like together, I think it it definitely sits as one of my favorite animated cartoon or animated show, whatever you'd want to categorize that as. Love it. Love it. And I really want to know if you remember what network that was on. You said channel 66, but what was, uh, what was the network? Do you know? I'm pretty sure it was Cartoon Network. Okay. All right, that that seems right because you know it's a WB property, it's a DC property. It, it wouldn't have been on Disney Channel, so awesome. That's a great way to start the list. I love the fact that you have those memories attached to to uh, uh, an afternoon cartoon, which I think everyone everyone has the same type of memory. Luke, how about you? What do you got on your first first on your list? I have a similar story. This one I associate with Summers, and it's Tom and Jerry. <laughs> and I love Tom and Jerry. I will. I went to Vegas a couple months ago for work, and because I'm not 21, I had nothing to do in Vegas. And <laughs> everyone who was with me went out to do things that I couldn't do, 
So I literally just sat in the room and I was just scrolling through the channels and Tom and Jerry was there and I just sat in there watching Tom and Jerry as a 20-year-old in Vegas for like six hours before I fell asleep. Everybody was telling you you're a child, so you watched a children's animated show? I had to prove them right. <laughs> um, Tom and Jerry, I can just put on and laugh and laugh and laugh, and they hardly ever speak, and it's just... I don't know what about it, but it just scratches an itch. <laughs> and we used to watch it so religiously that they would have it on for like five hours during the day, and it would be like when no one would be watching TV. And and we would watch it so much. And the episodes were only like 20 minutes each. So they would, yeah, if that. So they would have like hour-long blocks where they would just play the episodes back to back to back. And from the opening scene, we would be able to tell the directors of that episode. Because there were only two directors, I believe, in Tom and Jerry. And when... Was Tom and the other was Jerry? Yes. And it's... It's just such a nostalgic show, and I still think it's hilarious. And the ability to tell a story and to make it funny without any dialogue, you know, it, it's not for everybody, but physical comedy is just so funny when done correctly. Yeah. I think it's hilarious that one of you, the, the first one you mentioned, I could have put on my list and with my experience as a child because it's not on my list. I thought about it because I loved Tom and Jerry as a kid too. And I had a lot of the most similar things that what you were guys, you guys were just mentioning and that's coming home from school and watching Tom and Jerry and, and the ability to tell a story without words is, is it's amazing. And the music was always great. The imagery was always very good. And was it the only, the only one that would talk was the dog, right? Why could the dog talk? Nobody else. And, and then, the, like, Tom's owner, the old lady, right? It was pretty much anybody but Tom and Jerry who was on screen could talk. But it was always very, very restrictive. I'll never forget uh, an episode of Tom and Jerry that actually scared me as a kid. And it was one where, like, I don't even I don't remember the story from beginning to end. But it ended with Tom was, like, running away from the devil. And the devil was the dog. <laughs> And the the and the de- the dog was red and he had horns and he uh, and he was at the end he was like this this scary devil dog thing was trying to shove Tom in a boiling pot of water and he was you know fighting for his life not to get shoved into this and then it switched scenes where Tom was asleep so you realize the whole thing was a dream and he was getting hit by like ashes that were jumping out of the fireplace that he was sleeping in front of. And he just woke up and like ran to, to Jerry and hugged him because he was so relieved. And I don't know if that was one that you guys saw in your marathon summer watchings of Tom and Jerry, but I remember it vividly from when I was a kid. I know exactly the episode you're talking okay, about. Okay, good. I'm not crazy then. I remember it too. And because of uh, the super overlord knower of everything called Google, I was able to find it. It's called Tom Dies and Meets the Devil. Okay. So you're not, it's not a fever dream. Does it say what year that was published or written or whatever? You know, I would love to know because I know I watched it in the 80s, but I don't know 
when it first was created. I, I guess you know that's that's something that you can keep on looking for. Uh, when I so I'll go on to the first on my list, uh, and it's also from my childhood, but from my teenage years as a child, and that's Beavis and Butthead. Beavis and but oh my gosh, your face tells me you found it. No, apparently that's not it. They had screen grabs from the original oh. uh, show, but apparently there's this thing called Dark Tunes that oh. is making fun of those types of things. So I'm fact checking myself as we go. Well, get off of the internet immediately because <laughs> you know that that could turn into something terrible. Yeah. So the first one on my list is is Beavis and Butthead, and it's sort of timely because come to find out, Beavis and Butthead is back. Beavis and Butthead is on Paramount Plus. They have a feature-length animated film and a new episodic series uh, that's on Paramount Plus. Well, we don't have Paramount Plus, so I'm not talking about the the current version, but I I am talking about the one that came out on MTV. Uh, I don't even know what the release schedule was on this thing. If it was weekly, if it was on every night, I don't even remember. But I just remember them being absolutely ridiculous. Just the two of the dumbest characters you've ever seen on television. And I would laugh incessantly at it. And they would sit there. The, the, the shows were structured. There would be scenes with them sitting in front of a television watching a music video. So they're literally watching MTV. And they're doing like their dumb commentary on the music video. And then that would stop and it would go to like an actual story where they were going to like try to find out how to buy a pizza or something dumb like that and just go on these ridiculous and really mindless stories but if you watch them you see that it's all social commentary and apparently now the new the new uh, episode in the new shows they're doing that rather than watching music videos they're streaming they're um they're scrolling through like tiktok or they're scrolling through twitter and they're making comments on stuff they see on the internet so Beavis and Butthead was before my time, but I remember one time you, we had, I think we'd gone to the grocery store, we'd done something and you had one roll of toilet paper yep. and you came out of the kitchen and I was walking through the living room and I just see you with your shirt slightly pulled up onto your head. <laughs> like, what is dad doing? And I, I was really young at the time and you just said the iconic line. You're like, I need DP. Yep. And then you said the rest of the line. And I was just like, what does that mean? But I remember that just... Luke and I running around the house doing that, imitating you, not even realizing that it was a quote from Beavis and Butthead. I'm a good father. <laughs> I am a good father. I promise uh, you can ask certain people and they will tell you the same thing. Uh, but yes, I, 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 did, I did that because you guys would laugh at it a lot because you had no idea what it meant. Um, but yeah, it was, I am Cornholio. <laughs> yep. That's it. That's all you guys are getting. That's all you guys are getting. I even had a Beavis and Butthead hockey jersey. Um, yeah, uh, Beavis and Butthead. They they were they're they're ridiculous and they're fun. Uh, so I don't know. I, I really would like to see what they're doing with these new cartoons and see where it fits in this sort of like um, social commentary type of world that everybody has to have an opinion on something. Beavis and Butthead should have an opinion on things too. Uh, but anyway, so that's the first one on my, on my list. What's next on yours, Caleb? So I'm going to keep one off my list because I know that it's really high on someone else's list in this room. Mm. And I'm going to go with Star Wars Rebels. Uh. That is one of my favorite animated shows just alone. Separate it from Star Wars. Let those characters be completely independent. 
and they they succeed in doing it because you don't need to have that Star Wars title to have that show be as amazing as it is. Sabine, the entire family that they really are on the ghost is just so awesome. And seeing the character development of Ezra and being able to learn more about Kanan through like uh, the Bad Batch and all that stuff yeah. made me enjoy it that much more. But I remember in my recent rewatch chronologically, which was a very, very big time commitment, um, not being completely excited to watch Rebels just because I couldn't remember how good it was. I couldn't remember if it was cheesy, if it was worth my time, anything. But I remember watching it with Luke and with you and just enjoying it. So I was like, okay, let me just get through this. It's a long show as it is, but they're short episodes. So let me just watch it. And when I did, I'm so glad that I did because it is such a good show. It's so well written. There's, It's just like, it's exactly what you want out of a kid's show, but that adults can enjoy too. Yeah. Because there's there's the the learning lessons that, that kids can can use in their real life and you always wanna be like a this this superhero or this Jedi or anything like that. And to me, just like if you just go and pick one character, I would be over the moon watching their own spin off show because of what Rebels did for the Star Wars universe. I agree. I'm so glad that you put that on on your list because it is really an amazing show. Um, I, you know, we could probably do episodes just on Star Wars Rebels, to be quite honest. I remember when the finale, it was the day after the finale of Star Wars Rebels, and I told a group of people that Star Wars Rebels was better than Star Wars The Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And you would have thought that I just said the most obscene, vulgar thing. I was ostracized i was (laughs) cast out god i was was terrible but i was right i was right (laughs) i was right but i'm used to that um (laughs) but i will say one of my favorite shows star wars the clone wars and even though i think that rebels is a better show for storytelling I have rewatched The Clone Wars so many times. I will throw it on and I will just watch every single episode over and over because while some arcs don't really push the plot forward, it's just such a fun watch. And there's so many cool characters in it. And every arc is individual and you, you take what you put into it. Sometimes when you tie it in, or sometimes it'll tie into other arcs or into the grand storytelling but i mean i just remember as a kid just rushing home and being so excited to watch the new episode when it came out i remember watching the very first episode the one with yoda um when ventress tries to kill him and he's going after dooku and you know every episode and every season just gets better and better and better and i love that they ended it the way they did because it just puts such a nice little bow on top you stole my next one. That was going to be my next one, so I'm going to change it to something else, but I'm still going to talk about The Clone Wars because you brought it up, and I'm so glad that you did uh, because I'll, I'll admit I was, you know, I was like, um, I was like Peter Banning in Hook. When The Clone Wars came out, I was like Peter, Peter Banning in, in Hook where 
that guy's Peter Pan, right? But he forgot he was Peter Pan, right? And he needed to remember he was Peter Pan so that he could be the best version of himself. When the Clone Wars, everybody's thinking right now, what are you talking about? (laughs) When the Clone Wars came out, I was like, I only want to watch Star Wars movies. Star Wars live action is the only Star Wars for me. Thank you. I was a snob. I had forgotten that cartoons and animation can be some of the best ways to tell stories. And I missed the boat. Like, I literally watch you guys begging to kick me and mom out of the living room so you could watch The Clone Wars because we only had our TV in the living room. We don't have TVs. And still to this day, we don't have... I mean, we all we carry TVs around in our pockets <laughs> now. But, you know, we don't have TVs in our room. We, we've always had a family tv in the living room and sometimes mom and i would sit there and watch you guys watching the clone wars and i would sort of look at it and be intrigued but i was like anakin skywalker didn't have a padawan what are you talking about and who is this ahsoka person and and how come they look so weird i missed the boat and boy oh boy am i glad that i the boat came back around because i i not only is the clone wars some of the best animated shows out there, but it's some of the best Star Wars too. And it's right up there with Rebels. I I mean, it's, you can't, again, we could probably do episodes just about the Clone Wars. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad that that you put that on on your list. And I love the fact that it came out when it did, because that was right in your, I always refer to you guys, you guys are, are not prequel kids. You guys are Clone Wars kids. Your entry point to Star Wars was more the Clone Wars than it was the prequel movies. If we had to sit there and watch Iron Chef and Chopped <laughs> and all of these movie, all these shows about these people coming in and fixing up people's homes and stuff, <laughs> you could let us watch Star Wars once a week. It's true. It's very true. And and I remember when it was going to be leaving Netflix the first time. I thought to myself, I'm. I guess I'm going to really. I should probably watch this because my mind had been changed quite a bit anyway. So I I binged through it before it, it left. Netflix and boy, I'm glad I did. So I actually am going to change my second one. I was going to mention the Clone Wars, but since we're on a Star Wars theme, I'm going to put the Bad Batch in right now. And even though we only have one season of the Bad Batch, I really loved that season, and I'm super excited for the second one coming up. And I think, okay, this is my hot take. You ready? I think the Bad Batch had a stronger start, stronger first season of Star Wars animation than the Clone Wars and Rebels. Because in my opinion, it took a while for the Clone Wars to get going. Those first season episodes, second season episodes, they're entertaining and they're good, but I think they really hit their stride as storytelling in like third and fourth season and, and on. Um, Rebels too. Rebels took its time setting things up, but like the last, the last part of the first season um, is really when I think it started to to reach the level that it continued being. But the Bad Batch, I thought it started out super strong from the beginning. And I love the characters. Um, I think Wrecker is one of my favorite Star Wars animated character in all of animation. I think Omega is super interesting as a character. Sorry, um, yeah, Rick, Rika and Omega, <laughs> Hunter, all of them. Tick. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, I love the fact that they... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love the fact that they brought in um, Echo, right, from the Clone Wars. And to me, it's it's bridging the Clone Wars and Rebels time time frame. And I can't wait to see what more they have in store for us because 
the first season, I mean, it took us back to Camino. It made me care about Camino. Camino to me before was, I mean, it was there and it was Attack of the Clones, but it really wasn't too present in in Star Wars storytelling. But it became super important because of the Bad Batch. And my last thought on the Bad Batch is not only did it make prequel things seem important, but it also seems like it's setting up some very important things going down the road with cloning and with all that kind of stuff. So I'm really excited for it to come up, and I think that it is worthy of a mention in Star Wars animation, most definitely. I completely agree. And I think it helps. You mentioned that the Bad Batch has a better start than Rebels and Clone Wars. and I, I think it helps that they're a group of misfits that were introduced in the Clone Wars. Sure, yeah. So they're already... Who doesn't love the clones in that era, right? And who doesn't love a misfit clone and a group of them? And now they're these renegade, trying to figure out their own way, always being uh, out, outright just cast out. And, um, yeah, I just... I couldn't have mentioned it better than you did. Yeah, love it. So what's next on your list... My next, oh, and this is used your top, your top pick. Ooh, my top pick. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with it. Uh, my favorite show is about fortune telling and time travel, and it just speaks to everything that happens in our daily life, and that's The Simpsons. <laughs> they get, they, they tell us exactly what's gonna happen. They tell us in the animated show, and we don't believe them until it happens. Yeah. And fun fact about that, they're going into season 34, which I think is insane. But they've outright said, we're going to explain how we guess these things through our animation. You're going to watch these next episodes and we're going to tell you how we guess it, (laughs) which I think is cool. And I think it's even cooler because like a magician never shows uh, like how to do the trick, right? Now they're going to show how to do the trick and they're still going to do it. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be something super tongue in cheek, like some like computer algorithm or something. Exactly, exactly. I love it because there are 33 seasons today. 34 is coming out soon. I don't exactly know when. But each season has jokes about that time. Mm-hmm. I watched season one, and I had no idea. Like I think I sat through the whole thing just stale-faced the whole time because I didn't get any of the jokes. But I just wanted to be able to say I've watched all 33 seasons, all hundreds whatever of episodes because it's one of my favorite all-time shows, really, yeah. but easily my favorite animated show. And I love the Simpsons movie, and I, um, I, I, it's exactly that. It's, it's just it's satire. It's always playful. It's not something you have to watch in chronological order. You can get the jokes. You don't have to get the jokes to still enjoy it. And it all, it all hits everybody different. And I think... It's a genius thing from the beginning to make them young, to make them yellow, to make them ageless. Mm-hmm. And now, like, Lisa, Bart, none of them have aged. You can hear a little bit in their voice because you can't pause time in real life. But none of them have gone up a grade. Like, <laughs> um, Homer's still fat and bald. He hasn't gotten old. Like, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Yeah. And I think it's cool that they have running jokes throughout the whole thing. But the fact that you can make jokes for 33 years and they last that long, and they're, it's so big that you can get your own movie and your own place in Universal Studios, both in California and Florida, all this different stuff, it, it's, it's amazing. It's one of my favorite things. 
Yeah, it's it's brilliant. Um, it's sort of a modern marvel. Like I I don't know how they keep it. I I do know how they keep it fresh and and engaging because, like you said, it it's a commentary on the times. So whatever is relevant to the time it's on. Uh, so it may not be great for rewatches, like you mentioned, but it's great for keeping it current and keeping it going. And it's one of those. I don't know if there's ever been a franchise or a show like it where it's had its long run like it has and has been consistently high level. You never really hear too many people saying like, oh, yeah, The Simpsons is terrible now. I'm not going to watch The Simpsons anymore. You hear like the only other thing I can think of that has the longevity of it is Saturday Night Live. And it's even longer, really. It dates back to the 70s. And Saturday Night Live goes through its peaks and valleys sometimes it's right on point and it's part of the zeitgeist and other times it's not. Uh, but you never really, I, I don't anyway, hear the Simpsons being a part of that conversation very much. It's just always just right there and man, they just keep on pumping out cartoons. I also really like that. It's sort of a generational thing. Yeah. I, I don't remember who I was talking to, but they were like, oh, who's your favorite uh, Simpsons character? And I don't remember my answer at the time. They're like, oh, so that's like the main character right now versus in past seasons you talk to someone like, oh, Homer by far. Mm -hmm. But then they go and they make Bart the main guy or the favorite guy, whatever it is. And I just think it's (laughs) it's it's really, really good writing and it's really easy to just jump back and forth and even better for the entire staff of the Simpsons people to be able to jump back and forth with so many character options. And the memes that come from it are so incredibly funny. Give me your best Nelson laugh. No. Come on. <laughs> that was good. Is that Nelson? Yes. <laughs> that was good. That was pretty good, too. Well, okay, give us yours. No. <laughs> I have the mic. I'm in charge. I'm, I'm cowboying this podcast. My favorite cartoon slash animated show, and it's probably my favorite show regardless of animated or not avatar the last airbender and anyone who hasn't seen avatar the last bender bender? avatar the last airbender (laughs) it's been a long day avatar the last airbender if you have not seen it drop whatever you're doing after you finish listening to this podcast and giving my dad a nice dm and holding him hostage (laughs) or whatever you plan on doing go watch it Go watch it. Go watch it. It is so unbelievably good. It's so fun. And the older I get, the more I appreciate it. Because I remember watching it as it was coming out. And I enjoyed it so much. I remember I I must have been in like second grade or first grade. And some kid asked me if I had ever seen Avatar The Last Airbender. And I was like, oh, you have TV too? I didn't know like everyone had that. (laughs) And he asked me like, oh, what's your favorite element? And I don't remember what I said, but he said that his favorite was Frisbee. And I was like, Frisbee? <laughs> Are we watching the same show? And he, and he, he goes, yeah. You know, In the beginning, in the intro, they go water, and then they throw water, and then earth, and then they stomps fire, and then he like spins, and then like pushes out fire out of his hands, and then he goes, Frisbee, and then he like pretends to throw a frisbee because he, he throws like an air disc and yeah that was very important and i felt the need to <laughs> so um but the characters in that show are so fun and but it's so serious too i mean it's about a group of 
preteens and teenagers who are trying to save the world and the world is being controlled by an evil empire that's you know literally committing and has committed genocide against people and it's very heavy in some parts and some of the characters are so incredible like uncle iroh is one of my favorite characters of any franchise really because his undying wisdom and humor and kindness is just so universal mm-hmm. and you know the redemption arc of zuko it's just i i can't stop watching this show and i think they took it off of netflix for a while and then they brought it back and every time there anyone anytime someone talks about it i go watch it like <laughs> I, and i i don't watch a couple episodes i will watch the entire show over and over and over it's my favorite show of all time. So I'm assuming that you're going to start a, a, an Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch again because we're talking about Avatar The Last Airbender. Well, someone brought it up, so I had to. See, exactly. What did you want to say, Caleb? I'm really glad that you brought up that show, and I left it off of my list because I knew you were going to talk about it. But there are just so many layers to that show. You can enjoy it as a kid because Aang is a kid who's being melted out of the iceberg at the beginning, which doesn't spoil anything. Don't worry. Um, But then you get things like that Uncle Iroh says that are just this philosophical, like, next-level wisdom, deep, exactly. And I know you've mentioned it in past episodes where Zuko's one of your favorite characters of all time. He, his character development, all of their character development, and all the people that they meet along the way, the people they leave behind, there's not one character that means nothing to the show. Especially the guy with the cabbages. He's he's the best. <laughs> but I, I really, really enjoy that show. And I second Luke's um, recommendation. Anybody who hasn't watched it definitely should go watch it. Secret tunnel. <laughs> I, I, I only have one thing to say, and, it's not, and I will not spoil it. But And I, I will say it to anybody who gives me a chance to say it to them, that the f- finale, the last episode or the last uh, last four episodes, whatever it is, because I think it all has like a part one, part two, part three type of thing. The The finale of The Last Airbender is one of the greatest resolutions to any story I've ever seen in my life, including Star Wars, uh, all of it. And, and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who wants to go out and watch it, but I will second and third both of your opinions and recommend anybody listening to this, if you haven't watched it, Go watch it because for all the reasons that you guys just said, I'm not going to add to anything. It's just wonderful, wonderful. And it's not done. They're making uh, an animated feature film with those characters. So the the series is complete, but the original creators of the show are making an animated movie. I believe it was was talked about at Comic-Con this past uh, in, in July. So there's more things to be told about these characters. I'm excited about that because they're some of the best characters I've ever seen in my life. And, and, and I just, I recommend it to anybody. I'm glad you mentioned the finale because in the finale, without spoiling anything, it just sound it looks like there's going to be the black and white options. There's only one or two options. And the character's development has gone so far as to say, no, I'm going to find my own way. And it, it it's just really, really good writing again. Yeah. So it's pretty. It must be pretty good if three people who talk weekly on a podcast really don't have 
very good words to explain <laughs> how good it is because it is. It's wonderful. Uh, so my last, my last one goes way back, and I, it's not. It's not. I don't see it as a very popular. If it's popular, it's not on my radar. But I absolutely loved it as a kid, and it's and it's called Robotech. Robotech. I believe there were multiple quote unquote volumes of Robotech, but I'm talking about like the very first one, the very first season or the very first season series of Robotech. And it had character named Rick Hunter and it had a character named Min May. And it happened in the future where this huge, gigantic race of green aliens came to earth and somehow their tech, their spaceship, got like melded into the human technology and the and the and the Earth. And these green aliens, of course, wanted to take over, so Earth had to fight back. And they had these super cool looking jets, like spaceships. Think of like an F sixteen or an F eighteen, but they would turn into big robots. And this predated, if I'm, my memory serves correctly, this predated Transformers, this predated, here I'm going to go for another one, GoBots. GoBots came out before Transformers. But the same type of thing where an, a car would turn into a robot. But these spaceships, these jets would turn into robots. And then the person in the cockpit could still fully control them to fight as a robot with like laser cannons and, and missiles and stuff. And... All this cool technology and space stuff was going on, and at the same time, it was like a soap opera cartoon because of the of the the forbidden love of Rick Hunter and Min May, uh, and it, it's like Japanese animation. It's super over the top type of like the characters are loud and bubbly, and their eyes get super huge when something scary or, or surprising happens. And to tell you how much I love this. The show, I would make sure that I was in front of a TV every single day at 3 o'clock. Monday through Friday, I should say, because it wasn't on the weekends. I had to be in front of a TV. Maybe it was 3.30. I can't remember exactly what time it was on. But we were on vacation. I was a child. We were on vacation. And you guys know all of our vacations were at Newport Beach. We were on the beach. I had my little calculator watch, like uh, Dwight Schrute. <laughs> and I was keeping my eye on that watch, and I told everybody, we have to be back at the house every day at 3.30 so I could watch Robotech. I didn't want to be on the beach. I didn't want to be anywhere else. I needed to be in front of a TV to watch Robotech. Uh, so anyway, uh, check it out. Uh, I don't know if it's even available for streaming. There's always been rumors and teasings of of them making a live action version it's never happened i would absolutely love it so am i making all this up is this just a fever dream from a childhood i don't know it, somebody out there watch robotech when they were a kid please let me know so i know that this is a real thing and it's not just a a ruse by the internet telling me that it is so um yes i loved it absolutely uh, one of my favorite animated shows of all time why wouldn't you just use your phone on the beach because the cords didn't extend that far <laughs> at that point. You still got plugged into a wall. Because it was the size and the weight of a brick. <laughs> that It was even before those existed. So, yeah, and they certainly couldn't, you know, maybe I should just 
pull it up on my phone now and I can watch it and uh, catch up. So at any rate, that's uh, RoboCheck. Uh, any other honor- honorable mentions that you guys would like to mention before we sign off of this very fun episode? I will tell you that I'm surprised that Rick and Morty wasn't mentioned. That's my honorable mention. Rick and Morty is hilarious. It's very mature, very mature. But it's hilarious. I, <laughs> um, It's just right up my alley. It's my sense of humor, and it's it's in your face, and it's over the top, and it just gets like weirdly existential at the most random times, which just, just makes it way better because... In the middle of you thinking, like, why are, is this 67-year-old man running around with his 12-year-old grandson on alien planet made of butts? And all of a sudden, <laughs> no, I'm serious, that's a real thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they just start having the most existential experience, and it gets super deep, and you, you almost feel bad for them. But just as you're feeling bad for them, you get reminded that it's a show, and that it's about making you laugh, and most importantly, making Morty feel stupid. Well, I have some good news for you, I believe, um, I, and I'm like 99% positive this is true. I, I looked it up, but now I'm doubting myself. I don't have a source to quote, so I apologize. So I will confirm this after the fact, Luke, but the head writer or one of the head writers for Rick and Morty is the head writer for She-Hulk. Okay. Well, I feel a little better now. Is that encouraging? Is that encouraging to you? So it's either going to make me like She-Hulk more or be really, really confused about this guy as a writer. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a lady, as a matter of fact. So well, I just don't have her name. I don't have a, a, her name in front of it. So, what, Caleb, you have something to say. So I will, I'm going to go to the Google machine while you're saying what you had to say. I was just going to say I was surprised that Voltron wasn't on your list. <gasps> That's all I'm going to say. Oh, uh, we'll keep talking. That's like bootleg Power Rangers. <laughs> that's that's a comment my dad is fuming um, my honorable mention I've already mentioned is Avatar again I don't care if I sound like a broken record go watch it please <laughs> um, but <laughs> the only I don't I have never watched Rick and Morty I've never watched it but someone sort of shattered the glass another how I met your mother reference about Rick and Morty being just like a play off of uh, back to the future because it's Morty instead of Marty. It's Doc as Rick, right? And it's just them, like, it's just the two of them are Doc and Marty. And I was like, that's kind of true. I mean, it makes sense. What's Doc's name? Dr. Emmett Brown. Okay, yeah, his name is Rick Sanchez, so that's not really that close. <laughs> but it is one syllable. It is one syllable. And I did find um, your confirmation for you. Jessica Gao, is, um, she's won an Emmy for her work on Rick and Morty. And she is uh, developed, she developed and is part of the lead writing team for She-Hulk. So. There's an episode of Rick and Morty where they have to have a, like, America's Got Talent sort of show to save the planet. Because these floating head planets are going... They teleport different planets with different life forms all into one area. And they make them perform a song. And there can only be one winner. And Rick and Morty team up with Ice-T. 
the rapper, <laughs> who is literally a frozen letter T. Nice. With superpowers. They team up with him to make a song to save the universe. Or, well, not save the universe. To save their planet. And it's, it's awesome. And it's voiced by Ice-T? Yes, Ice-T is voiced by Ice-T. Love it. That's fun. That's fun stuff. And um, don't think that my Googling took me away from hearing the Voltron slander. <laughs> I will not let that go. Um, yes, but Voltron would definitely be one of my one of my honorable mentions. The the one that I grew up watching that the Power Rangers stole from, but also the uh, Voltron that they relaunched on Netflix was also a lot of fun too. So, um, GI Joe, Mask, Transformers, all these things. Uh, I don't know if they hold up. To be honest, I've never gone back as an adult and watched. Some of those shows, I don't even know where I would at this point, but I wonder if they would hold up because, I mean, the 80s, long time ago. I'm going to change my honorable mention. Actually, I'm just going to give myself honorable, two honorable mentions because I'm that guy. But Phineas and Ferb, I remember that's another nostalgic thing, also timeless. But like, I remember you and mom watching this kid's show with us just because it's the dynamic of a family, right? And yeah. then I remember... Us being like, let's go do whatever that was. And the first episode is literally them making a roller coaster in their backyard. And obviously, we're not going to be able to do that. But just the imagination that's behind that show is pretty great. Phineas and Ferb is, uh, is, is brilliant writing and super creative. And other cartoons I enjoyed watching with you guys were, was uh, Jimmy Neutron and The Fairly Odd Parents. Uh, do you guys? Oh, and Rugrats, yeah. Rugrats. So these these are all a lot of fun, a lot of fun. All right. So those are our honorable mentions. Anybody have any final thoughts? I would just like to have a disclaimer that we do not get paid for every time a new person watches Avatar: The Last Airbender. It might seem like that, but we don't. But hey, if if the ratings start going up and the streaming hours start going up, Nickelodeon, um, I. Tweet at me. Send me a uh, a message on the at the Colby Cast. You'll be hearing from our lawyers. No, we don't have lawyers. We don't have lawyers. We someday we will have uh, our legal department, but now it's a legal department in training. <laughs> All right. Uh, so thank you guys again for for joining me for this fun conversation. Uh, before we say goodbye, would you like to say goodbye? Bye. I'm gonna do my best verb impression. That's it? That's your (laughs) silence? (laughs) That's pretty funny. That's better for video podcasting, buddy. (laughs) Not necessarily for audio. All right. But thank you guys uh, again for joining me. And thank you all for listening uh, to our stroll down memory lane and talk about uh, all this wonderful animation. And I don't even feel like we scratched the surface. There's so much good animation out there. So maybe we can revisit this topic in the future. But what are some of your favorites? Let me know on Twitter or Instagram. Um, Tell me what, uh, what you you guys have on your list of favorite animated uh, shows uh, and as always thank you for taking the time to listen to the colby cast you can find the colby cast on twitter and instagram at the colby cast if you're wordy like me you can send an email to the at gmail.com please subscribe to the show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts This podcast is not endorsed by anyone or anything for that matter. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Colby cast, unless otherwise indicated. That'll do, donkey.
That'll do.